All right, welcome to another All About Nothing podcast. I am your host, Barrett. I was reminded uh, last week that uh, apparently I have been forgetting to uh, throw out my Twitter at the end of the show. And uh, so real quick, I guess I'll go ahead and do that. So uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's just at Barrett Gruber. So simple, easy, unless you spell Gruber with two Bs and then that is Grubber. I'm sorry. Every time I pick up from Walmart grocery, uh, I get the same thing every single time. She says, oh, Mr. Grubber, you're here. And I go, yeah, well, you know. Mr. Gruber is here, not Mr. Grubber. It's a weird correction that I... I almost never feel like making. I never I, I, I never want to actually go, hey, you know, you mispronounced it. Because all, all through my life, my name has been mispronounced over and over and over again. And, and I'm... I feel like maybe it's a little too difficult for some people, and uh, so I don't I don't bother to correct them just because I don't feel like it's really all that necessary. I've, I I think I've given up. So, but you know, moving on, lots of things going on since we last got together. I think uh, I think one of the big things. And um, I'm not going to talk about it a lot because I don't think it is really that much to discuss. I don't think it is. I don't know. I, so uh, NFL is now in week four. Week three seemed to be uh, very important to our president because um, he could not stop himself from tweeting about his discomfort or his disgust over the fact that there are some players that are protesting during the national anthem and I, I'm, I'm just say this that they're protesting during the national anthem no one is protesting the national anthem no one is protesting our military no one is protesting our country what they are doing is silently protesting during the national anthem because for you know granted they're NFL players they're they're, they're they have a stage once a week some of them sometimes, if they're on Thursday or Monday night, sometimes they have it twice a week. But for the most part, every player has it once a week. And that opportunity, because the National Anthem is aired during the beginning of every game, and it's not necessarily that it's always aired, but it is aired fairly frequently now because they want to show the protest, uh, the media does. But it's it's not that the players are protesting the national anthem they aren't protesting again I, I keep saying this they're not protesting the national anthem they're not protesting our president although some of them at this point might be but they're not protesting you know uh the flag they're not pro- protesting our military they, they're they're simply silently protesting during the national anthem because it might get them a little bit of attention and the fact and and, and what seems to be occurring is that people are completely ignoring not people there are a number of people that are completely ignoring the fact that what this is is a protest against the I can't say it systemic racism towards black people by our police. Okay, that is essentially what this is about. I mean, that's what it was for Colin Kaepernick when he was playing for the 49ers. and 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 what we have essentially is um, that is what is being protested. And it's it's being done silently. It's being done peacefully. And it, it feels like because it is 
for our president because there are a number of black athletes that are protesting he is bringing more attention to it now it is sunday october 1st and i have not actually seen any tweets of course i also had to turn off the notifications for when the president tweeted because it was just last week was non-stop and it was either about defending himself over how he's handling Puerto Rico or it's defending himself about how he's handling the NFL situation with the protesting or it's defending himself about how he's lost. Now the health secretary price has now resigned because price was using the government plane to, to go back and forth to places that probably didn't necessarily need government uh, uh, money spent on it. And, you know, I you know I, I have friends that you know that are fairly liberal that say things like, "Oh, he's clearing the swamp." You know, he's finally getting rid of these people that are that are established uh, spenders of government money that shouldn't be. You know, I don't know if that is necessarily their vision of the swamp, but that seems to be what they are enjoying saying or talking about. Um, but so back to the protest. So the, the NFL protesting. I, I'm just going to give my opinion. Um, I do believe that there is systemic racism in our police force. Um, I have had my own personal experiences, not with racism, but but being around police officers uh, in the county even that I live in, where I have been around them in a social setting, and all I hear is the N-word or them calling somebody uh, or call, you know, they're, they're telling stories about how they've arrested black people, but they don't say, you know, African-American or, or this black guy or whatever. It, they always use the N word. And, and, and there's, they're not doing it to offend somebody in the room. They're doing it because that is the, 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 the language that they use and they're comfortable with. And, you know, when they tell, when they, when there would be stories being said, particularly about maybe, you know, a white, meth head or something down on the south side of the county you know it was it was you know they used a name they they used that particular person's name because they were a a a uh, an offender of of several times and that but they would use their name they and they knew their name but if it was just a black person one they, they didn't seem to care that they had a name because they could always just go to the n-word so yes i believe that there is a a certain amount of racism in at least where we live here, there is a certain amount of racism that does seem to bleed through through the personalities of the police officers. And I believe that if given a stressful situation, that they tend to act differently towards those black individuals as they do towards other races, particularly white people. I think I think that they would probably give the white person a pass. I'm, I'm not saying that that is a fact. I am simply saying that based on the conversations that I listened to at one time or another, that is what I heard and it was uncomfortable. And I, I, I it's just, that's again, uh, th this is just my opinion. And I frankly believe that I, I don't know how to solve it, but I do believe that there is racism in the police towards black people, black people. And, and, and I feel like, that is something that could be trained upon or that maybe there is certain scenarios that could be created to um, push the police into um, maybe handling those situations the same as they would handle it with a different race, particularly white, you know, but it, we're all different. And 
I'm, I don't want to say that for a lot of the police that they are police because that's what they're able to do. But, you know, if they come from a military background or they or in this case, most of these guys, they, they at least in the police force that I am speaking of that I hung out with uh, on one particular evening that I, I feel like some of them are probably retired military. And and the police is just the being in a, a law enforcement uh, individual uh, working in law enforcement. It's sort of just a continuation of maybe a scenario that they were in when they were in the military and then they came home and then sort of law enforcement was sort of just a natural progression. Um, I don't know that they've all been trained on how to approach situations in the most effective way. I don't know. I'm simply saying I feel like maybe they haven't. But again, like I said, I don't know. Um, I don't know what training police get. I don't know what training law enforcement is provided to take stressful situations and then work them to their advantage without the racism. I mean, I'm not saying they teach racism in the training, but, you know, at, at some point people need to recognize that, yes, and, and I get that that people don't want to because they don't want to see themselves. They don't want to, to, to critique themselves or they don't want to be judgmental of themselves where they recognize, oh, my gosh, I'm maybe slightly bigoted. See, here's the thing. I think we are all slightly racist. I think that for whatever reason, not that we not that we are that way from birth, but that because we hear stories or we we have experiences or things like that, that when you see an individual of a race not yours and or even yours, you see them and 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 you automatically whether you lock the door in your car because you're you're sitting in a stoplight or you walk down a different aisle at the convenience store because you see someone, you know, I, I believe that we all have some sort of bigoted tendency because we are a little bit prejudgmental about individuals. So with that said, I'm going to move on. All right. So one of the things last week that was uh, that came out was that uh, it seems like Twitter is actually testing doubling the length of tweets from 160 no, 140 characters to 100. And, uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to start that again. Take two. Twitter, it seems next uh, here, here, here now. Uh, Twitter appears to be testing the doubling um, of the length of the number of characters available to tweet with. Um, so what does that mean? Honestly, I feel like I feel like this is not going to be the greatest thing uh, or, or it could be a really good thing. See, with Twitter now, you have to condense your thoughts into 140 characters. And I feel like sometimes that's probably a little bit more difficult for people sometimes higher up in the government, maybe executive officers, that sort of thing. But it seems like it might be a little bit difficult for them to to get all of the thought into 140 characters. The thing I fear, though, is how bad is it going to turn out for some of these? Uh, how bad is it going to turn out for the president if he's given more space to throw in more thoughts? I I, I feel like I feel, I feel like maybe Twitter did this just for him, because if you if you read the president's tweets with with any consistency, uh, you find that he has abrupt stops to his thoughts, or that that there are. There are places where it just it, 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 
it just takes a complete different role or turn. And and when you read his tweets, you kind of get where you think he might be coming from. And then all of a sudden there's a random period or a capitalized letter or, you know, the word is just completely spelled wrong because he's tried to condense it down so he can get all of his thoughts into one tweet. And I feel like maybe this might help him out a little bit more. I mean, I know there are a lot of other groups or people that tweet and probably will take full advantage of 280 characters. I probably will as well. But, um, it, you know, I, I don't know how long it's going to be before this, uh, this spreads. It seems as though it's just in a testing phase right now. And you got to figure, um, that if they, if they do this, um, when when it goes through, you got to figure that Twitter now, if if it goes across to everybody, you you, you know you've now almost doubled the size. I mean, you got to figure most people aren't going to take up two hundred and two hundred eighty characters every time they tweet. But if 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 it's me and I have that much space and I'm putting that much into it, then then I figure most people probably will. And and how much space is Twitter now going to require in order to have these massively larger tweets, these doubled in size tweets. Um, of course, it's just text most of the time. Actually, I, you know what? To be completely honest with you, I think I've found that most of the time when I read tweets, it's actually somebody tweeting a picture um, with a message inside it. So it seems as though perhaps maybe this isn't going to be such a big thing. Um, it might be that the the, the pictures. Uh, or, or maybe there will be more space allocated if there's a picture attached. You have more space to explain the picture. I, I don't know. But anyway, so Twitter is apparently working on this, um, and they're in the testing phase right now. I think there's a few people uh, that have begun using it and have started using it. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. With Twitter, I, I one of the things that I really wish that it would do would, when I put in a link or something like that, that it would automatically go ahead and uh, condense my hyperlinks down to a – to a, a you know the the bit bitly size or maybe if I I don't know anyway I, I I don't know what they do behind the scenes I just know that eventually they're going to be getting everyone up to 280 characters which I think is going to be <laughs> entertaining to say the least for for um for some of the uh, for some of the users out there with Twitter um, but uh, I think I think it'll be a good thing I think it'll be um, it's fairly significant I mean Twitter hasn't made any changes in 11 years I mean as far as you know this being the foundation of Twitter. It was always 140 characters. That was how much space you were able to fit into a, a text, uh, a, a single text. And then, you know, so Twitter sort of translated and took that as well. Um, so I, it, I think it's, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting. We'll have to see, uh, we'll have to see what goes down and, and I'll have to see how many tweets I can actually put out there that take up the, the full, uh, 260 characters, 280 characters. Gosh, I can't seem to get all that wrapped up and in, in, in my head around. It's going to be 280 characters once all the testing is completed and they roll that out to everybody. So, um, you know, at Barrett Gruber, hopefully I'll get it eventually. And, uh, we will, uh, I'll be able to put out, uh, tweets about 280 characters long. I don't know. We'll see. Um, moving on. Also this week, it was announced, uh, according to, uh, I think, uh, we had something released from the guardian out of the UK and some other local, uh, uh, newspapers here in the United States. Um, apparently, uh, Russia and the United States are going to be working together here coming up uh, pretty soon. In fact, um, it's actually going to be for the new lunar space station. 
Um, apparently, the United States and Russia's uh, space agency, so NASA and the Russian space agency, are going to be working together to go ahead and begin creating what they're calling a lunar gateway. It's not necessarily going to be like a base that's on the moon. What we're talking about is like International Space Station, but instead uh, orbiting the Earth, it will be orbiting the moon. Um, because I, from, from what I understand and, and the information I've read, it sounds as though the moon is actually a better launching place for deep space missions. And when I say deep space missions, um, we're talking about the ones where uh, we're going to Mars. Okay, so we would theoretically launch a shuttle from from the moon or from orbit of the moon uh, towards Mars. And, and a lot of that has to do, of course, because gravity on the moon is far uh, constraining, I guess, uh, far constraining than the gravity of Earth. So it's easier to break away from the moon's gravitational pull than it is the Earth's gravitational pull to launch a shuttle uh, towards Mars. Um, the moon is also further away from Earth, so it, it gives sort of a, a build-up period or a, a time period which allows for astronauts to prepare uh, in space for traveling uh, to uh, Mars, that sort of thing, Mars, wherever else we go from here. But uh, it sounds like they're going to want to start doing this um, here in the next 10 years or so. They're going to want to start building it, which, of course, I mean, I, I know that means launching parts into space and then build and then having the parts put together in space. Um, and then I guess eventually what they'll do is they'll, it'll, it'll travel from earth to the moon's orbit. Um, but all of that is, it's, it's very exciting because, you know, it seems like we might be moving in a direction of, of what we see sometimes like on television. And that, and that's another thing. Uh, and I'll discuss that in here in just a minute, but, uh, some of TV is out. Uh, it's the fall season and I, I'm, I'm excited about some of these shows. I'm already watching some of them and, uh, it, it's all, it's all, I'm just glad it's fall again because now I have TV shows again and it's, you know, it's, I'm sure I can't imagine that there aren't other people out there that are excited about, uh, that are not excited about, you know, the fall TV season because, um, during the summer it gets a really, really boring with some of these programs. But, uh, anyway, in, in a minute, I'm going to go over some of my, my top shows that I'm looking forward to. Um, and, uh, I'm hoping that they're going to be good. Um, but we'll go over that here in just a minute. And just to finish up on the, 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 the moon base, um, again, it's not going to be on the moon. That's not to say that there won't eventually be some sort of lunar base on the moon, because I, I figure at some point they're probably going to need somewhere for storage, uh, things like that. So all of this is just, it's just exciting. You know, we're, but what I was reading was some of the critiques about it or some of the judgment about it, because why are we working with the Russians? Well, we partnered with the Russians after the International Space Station was built. And one of the problems that we had after the International Space Station was built and then we partnered with the Russians was the fact that their shuttle or not their shuttles, but their rockets have different attachments. So there was actually a a. Either there was a section of the space station that had to be added that could um, fit with the Russian, um, I guess, pods uh, that were sent up, um, or or there had to be a complete redesign on the actual docking of of their pods. Um, either way, I think it's it's far smarter to go ahead and in, to to use. 
you know, and, and other space agencies, of course, the European Space Agency, the Japanese, the Chinese, that sort of thing. But I think it, I think it's far better to go ahead and partner with them now, so that those things can be taken into effect as we move forward, rather than having to make changes to things and and you know changing out docking clamps and things like that, whatever it is they do. But it's it's I think it's a good thing. I you know it seems like this is sort of a outs not necessarily outside of the governments but it is because it's the Na- it's nasa and the russian space federation or space agency um it seems as though this is sort of a partnership maybe that we need and uh to work with the russians and the european nation uh space agency and and the uh, some of the asian space agencies I, I i just think that's a good a good thing and uh to be able to launch from the moon rather than earth probably saves money in the end too because you're not having to use all that fuel just to break away from the earth so uh i i think it's awesome and uh, i'm looking forward to reading more about it as we move forward all right so moving on um i I teased a little bit about uh some of the tv programs that i'm excited about and um just uh i i I don't want to go into it too much because of course when i say i like a tv show if somebody comes back and says oh the tv show's crap i i I have a tendency to just kind of reject whatever it is that they think about almost everything. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's that's just me. Um, so it is the fall season, and uh, I am excited about some of the TV. Excited. I, I don't want to use the word excited. I, I like television, and I like good television. And, you know, over the past few years, it seems as though that we have had a, a void of, of good television lately. Um, but uh, last week, uh, most of the fall television shows came back. And... Um, so I'm just going to give a couple of uh, or a few of the ones that I I, I, I was excited to come back and I, I that I really enjoy. Um, Scorpion on CBS is uh, sort of a <laughs> sort of a hokey, you know, show about these geniuses that save uh, either cities, towns, you know, the world, whatever. Um, but it's not so campy and hokey that I can't enjoy it. And um, I think they're on like their third or fourth season now and it's a good show so if if you're looking for something that uh that that seems to be slightly of the elevated intelligence and they throw out some things that that seem plausible at times as far as like how to how to patch holes in ice to prevent methane leaks that sort of thing anyway it's it's a good show Uh, like i said it's on cbs um we have the last season of longmire coming up and um, if you've ever watched uh, Longmire, originally it was on, uh, I believe it was on AMC, um, and it is a, it is a, a, it is based off of the Longmire mysteries, which are written by an author named Craig Johnson. And I've read um, nearly all of them. Uh, they're fantastic. I think that they're, they are sort of like Elmore Leonard in the fact that I think that I, I feel like Craig Johnson when he writes, it's just it's. It, it feels very attached and you and you get to know these characters and you get to enjoy them while they, they put it on television. So you have on AMC uh, for a couple seasons, uh, Longmire. Um, it's about this uh, Montana, I'm sorry, Wyoming sheriff uh, or sheriff in, the, in Wyoming who has, you know, <laughs> if you watch this show, you begin to believe that it is entirely an unsafe place to live. Um, in Absaroka County, Wyoming, because it seems like everyone gets killed, but it's not really that way. Uh, it's just an enjoyable show to watch. Um, also, uh, coming up new this season is on Fox, called the, uh, the gifted. It is a Marvel show, but it is a Fox Marvel show. So it is 
the mutants. It's the X-Men. But this is a program or this is a show that will be about uh, new mutants, new X-Men. And um, it apparently from from some of the some of the spoilers I've read spoilers um, there seems to be maybe some hints that it will um, it will take place in a time frame that is after the last Deadpool movie but before Logan of course because Logan is set like 10 or 15 years into the future from now and uh, if you've seen Logan spoilers uh, Wolverine and Professor X both die so um, I don't believe that Professor X is in this program. I don't. I don't believe that we will see um, uh, Captain Picard. You know, whatever. Um, Patrick Stewart. I don't believe we will see Patrick Stewart in this program because uh, I believe that that would cost a lot. Um, who knows? I, I, his show got his show um, Blunt Talk got uh, canceled. So uh, you never know. Maybe maybe Professor X will show up. Um, ABC has a wealth of programs that have come back. Um, we have the Goldbergs, uh, which is a very show, a very funny show that is, um, uh, it, it takes place during the 80s, so the time period in which I grew up. And some of the pop reference stuff that they do in it is, um, is, is you know, it's, it's relatable, and, and I recognize a lot of it. And it's, it's entertaining. Um, so if, uh, if, you, if you're looking for a show on Wednesday nights, or Wednesday nights or Thursday nights. Anyway, regardless, just look it up. ABC, uh, the Goldbergs. Uh, also, they have Modern Family, which is a terrific show. Uh, it's got uh, Bud a- uh, <laughs> Al Bundy. I said Bud Allen. Uh, Al Bundy, um, uh, Ed O'Neill is uh, stars as uh, or plays in character along with uh, several others. But he's like the 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 grandfather figure who is married to a much younger woman. They have now had a son. Um, he has a stepson who is um, uh, who is essentially a uncle to Ed O'Neill's grandchildren, who are all anyway. Regardless, uh, if you want to look it up, look it up. It's 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 funny. Modern Family that's on ABC. Um, Inhumans is another Marvel show, but this time it's uh, it's not the same as what is on Fox. So you you have separation between the Marvel universes. You have Fox's universe of Marvel, and then you have uh, Disney's ABC's uh, universe of Marvel, um, and the difference is X Men versus ABC's uh, The Avengers. So, Inhumans is another show that takes place around the same time that we're going all of this through all this build up with the Avengers, getting ready for the Infinity Wars next year. Um, but uh, Inhumans is, uh, I. I I'll be completely honest with you. I don't know where it comes from because it has what seems to do with um, a race of inhuman people that have been exposed to this chemical that brings out their inhuman qualities or powers. Um, but they all live on the moon and they apparently escaped to the moon years and years ago. Um, but now it looks like because of a coup and some other things, it looks like they have to come to earth and, um, I don't know what sort of tie-ins they're going to have between um, Inhumans and uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and then, of course, um, also this season coming up, uh, Netflix is releasing The Punisher. And if you, have, if you watch the second season of Daredevil on Netflix, then you know who The Punisher is. Um, I, I, if, and I thought that that was a terrific addition to um, the second season of 
the um, the the Daredevil. It was fantastic, and I'm I'm seriously looking forward to it. I cannot wait. Um, so those are just some of the shows that I'm looking forward to this year, uh, this fall in particular. And um, they, I think for the most part, they've either already started their seasons or this week is is them coming up. So if you're listening, today is October 1st. So um, you can probably go back and Hulu uh, some of the shows that, uh, that have already released. Um, last thing I want to talk about um, this week is one of the things that came out uh, over the course of this past week. Uh, New York Times, USA Today, um, Wall Street Journal, uh, a lot of them um, released... Uh, articles talking about another iceberg uh, that came and broke off of uh, Antarctica, um, off of uh, one of the glaciers in Antarctica. And I don't want to harp on it a whole lot because I don't really have all of the information on how to make things better. But clearly, uh, we're in a lull right now with hurricanes, fortunately, because we don't have anything that is either in development or hitting land anywhere. Puerto Rico right now is such a mess. Um, you know, you basically had one hurricane sideswipe Puerto Rico and another one come straight across the country, country, island. We had a debate at work whether they're a country, sovereign nation. Um, some people just call them an island. Um, they are a territory of the United States, and they are not a state, but they do fall under the protection of the United States. Therefore, FEMA is either on its way or there, or they are trying to begin working um, inside of uh, inside of the island to help people restore their lives back. Anyway, that's not what this is about. Another iceberg, this time three times the size of Manhattan. Okay, so you're roughly looking at something about seventy to seventy-five square miles uh, in size. It's about three times the size of Miami. Some of the media reports said that it has about a, it was over a hundred square miles, which, which is huge. This is a, an enormous, enormous iceberg. Um, I, I want to say, I think they believed that this was something that was going to happen. They've been watching it and they've been watching, you know, the crack get wider and wider. And finally, uh, this past week, it did finally break away. So once again, this is, this is on top of the enormous iceberg that broke off just a few months ago. We talked about that here. Um, it was the, the, the one that broke off before was 2,200 square miles. I mean, they're talking about building um, uh, um, a uh, uh, landing strip on it for airplanes to land on, that, that giant one. Now, this one, they could also build a landing strip on. It's, it's, it's crazy the size of these things. You know, the one before was nearly the size of Delaware. And I get I make I've made jokes about Delaware that, you know, if you're driving through Delaware and you start waving, chances are you won't be able to finish waving before you've passed through. There's only three counties in Delaware. I have cousins that live in Delaware. It's it's, it's entertaining to joke about the size of their state um, there. I think all almost all of my cousins in Delaware, I think, are in some way uh, work or are firefighters or volunteer firefighters and. So anyway, um, you know, kudos to them because that is not an easy job. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, so another giant iceberg has broken away from Antarctica and is now free-floating in the South Atlantic Ocean. Um, that's not to say that it's, you know, miles out to sea already and whatnot. Um, but I remember there were reports uh, how they were going to deal with a 2,200-square-mile piece of Antarctica ice that broke away. They were going to have to attach tugboats to it 
to try and get it out of shipping lanes if that became an issue. So this is this is just another example of uh, the Earth is clearly getting warmer, whether you want to believe that it's because of human uh, intervention or if it's because we're in that sort of cycle or whatnot. Um, clearly it's happening, and it's hard to deny it when you see things like this. Uh, I think that, that uh, I read an article that said that Greenland itself um, is, I guess, when you look at Greenland um, from some pictures, uh, like um, satellite pictures and things like that, there has actually been a color change. Um, most of most of Greenland, of course, uh, or large most of Greenland, large part, uh, for large part, most of it. I don't know why I'm having a problem finding the words, but um, most of Greenland was covered in ice and there were satellite images that when you would look at them, you could see that Greenland was mostly white with some blue tints. Um, if you look now, some of the more recent satellite photos are showing more of a grayish tint and that gray tint has the ability to no longer reflect sunlight. So when the sun passes over Greenland every day, rather than reflecting that sunlight off and not holding onto it or, or pulling it in, the color gray is now a darker color and has a tendency to absorb heat. So we're actually seeing water melt at a much faster rate than we were seeing previously. And that's something that, that a, a lot of scientists knew was eventually going to happen, but it wasn't something that was actually discussed. Um, so we are beginning to see Greenland ice melt at a much faster rate than was expected. Um, what's the big deal? Okay, part of the big deal is that that water melt has to go somewhere. It doesn't get evaporated into the sky. It actually melts and flows into the ocean. What you have is not necessarily... Um, you have fresh water now pouring into the ocean... Uh, from a source that it wasn't before, it wasn't coming from before. And and this water melt, again, being fresh water, actually, when it flows into the uh, ocean, it actually disturbs the, the level of the salinization, you know, the amount of salt water in the ocean. And, and it has the ability to, to push down the Gulf Stream that comes, flows, you know, up that direction near um, the, uh, the, the, the island of Greenland, um, but it but it has the ability to sort of off balance or or or, or, or it's it's there's a negative effect. Okay, um, what we're seeing now is large amounts of fresh water flowing into the North Atlantic Ocean, and um, there is the possibility that that will destabilize um, the jet stream because. You know, you, you see a flow with the Gulf Stream at the ocean level, and that that Gulf Stream has an effect on the atmosphere above it. And the issue that we see with that is, you know, it's not going to be like the movie The Day After Tomorrow or The Day After Yesterday. I'm not, I can't remember what the movie was. The Day After Tomorrow. Um, the Day After Tomorrow uh, was essentially about what that, that scenario, um, but it happened at a much quicker rate. We're, we're probably not seeing that, but what we will see is hurricanes that that move over and and have a tendency to linger a little bit longer, like we did with Harvey, because um, 
they don't have the steering currents at the upper atmosphere to push the storms out. So we're already beginning to see sort of an idea of of what that is going to look like if we have Gulf Stream shutting down or slowing down because of the introduction of more fresh water into the system. Um, all in all, it's 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 not a doomsday scenario, but I think that there still needs to be there needs to be a lot of effort put forth to try and um, slow down the rate because it's going to become, you know, we're, we're going to see sea level rise. The, the, the Miami, Miami, Charleston, South Carolina, places in Savannah, you know, there, there are places all up and down the eastern seaboard that now when we have a high tide, and even if it's like the, the super high tides where it's a full moon on the other side of the earth, you know, we are seeing flooding, inland flooding, because of the tide that we were not seeing, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And, and, and this is becoming reality. Um, I, I recognize that people don't want to see it and, and, and that, that conservatives don't want to believe that it's even happening. But, you know, one of the one people, one of the, one of the one persons on this country's land that is going to have to recognize it. And that was a weird way of saying it, but you know, our president has land in Florida, Mar-a-Lago, is is very close to the beach and and they did uh the weather channel did a scenario uh, a couple months ago of what it would look like 50 years from now if the sea level rise continues at the rate that it is and mar-a-lago's underwater you know and that's not just underwater at tide at high tide it's underwater almost constantly at, at low tide it drops down to i don't know a couple feet above the parking lot but regardless it, it you know this is the direction it's moving and i would think that the president who owns lots of land in places could be underwater at some point so um i just think it would be smarter if he paid attention to it you know it's what we all need to well that is going to be my soapbox for the week uh, i'm going to go ahead and wrap it up i appreciate you uh sticking with me and listening and uh, we will do it again next week uh, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Barrett Gruber. I think I say some funny things every now and then that you might find entertaining. Or if you want to uh, provide some feedback on the show, I am always uh, willing to uh, participate in that. Other than that, have a great week. We will do this again uh, very soon, hopefully this Wednesday. And um, thanks for listening and supporting. All right, we'll talk to you soon.
The All About Nothing podcast is a member of the GOT Podcast Network.